just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. If you were listening to podcast yesterday, you saw that we had two Rational Boomer Podcasts. The first was the regular podcast. The second was another podcast with my former radio colleague, Ed. Now, we're going to have some of those Mike and Ed podcasts mix in every week. One, two, maybe even three at times. Depends on how we work things out to get together and uh, what there is to talk about. We'll keep doing the Rational Boomer podcast as you're as you become accustomed to, but the Mike and Ed podcast will be mixed in there as well as extra podcast. So there should be plenty of content. You shouldn't be short of content at any point. Say, for instance, if one of those days or two days I have to go someplace and I just can't record the Rational Boomer podcast, well, then we will have it covered with the Ed and Mike podcast. Uh, we'll, We'll have plenty of podcasts. Just put it that way. I mean, I've told people before, when it comes to content or comes to talking, I've got quantity in spades. Now, if you want quality, that might be a different thing. Quality is more subjective. (laughs) Some people might think it's quality. Some people might not think it's quality. But you will get the quantity. There is no question about it with the Rational Boomer podcast. Well, let's talk about what was going on yesterday and... uh, maybe what we've got in store for us later on this week. The NYPD apprehended the subway shooter in the East Village of uh, Greenwich Village in New York yesterday. Now, you remember the story that a man wearing a gas mask got onto a subway car, detonated two smoke canisters, and then just started shooting with a Glock 9mm. Then he disappeared. Nobody knew where he went. They had a description, but when the smoke started and the shots began after it was done, he was gone. Now, fortunately, this guy is a fucking idiot. I mean, he is a wing job. He left behind a credit card with his name on it, keys to a U-Haul van. They found the van, and they also found his gun with some fireworks and some other bullshit. Now, it would be a short period of time, you would think, with good police work for them to track him down. The suspect's name is Frank James. He's 62 years old and is somehow connected to the state of Wisconsin, which is weird. Kyle Rittenhouse, that's where he shot up the place in Wisconsin. Minnesota is right next to Wisconsin. And I'll be honest with you, I like Wisconsin. I like most people in Wisconsin. But there are some crazy, stupid motherfuckers there. And this guy might be one of them. It ended up being that there was not much need for good police work. You see, while sitting in a McDonald's in the East Village, Frank James called the police tip line on himself. A short time later, police showed up at the McDonald's. He's not there. But they end up finding him a short distance away, just roaming around doing God knows what. 
But the bottom line is the uh, New York Police Department did catch up with the subway shooter. And uh, that's good news. Clearly, this guy is a fucking danger to society. Um, Now, fortunately, the subway shooting was a tragic situation. Twenty people were injured and had to go to the hospital. No one was killed. I'm not even sure there was anybody seriously injured to the point where they're still in the hospital, but don't quote me on that. The important thing is that while 20 people were injured, nobody was killed. And uh, we're about due for a little good news. I mean, it was shitty news to find out the shooter was there, but uh, it was good to find out that uh, no one was killed. We've got enough tragedy going on in this country at this point. Now, Frank James, prior to the shooting, was all over social media and YouTube. He was ranting against racism. Then he ranted about people of color. In addition, he was angry about mental health care. Oh, big surprise with that one. He was constantly raging with hate and violence. But when police caught up with him, he just calmed down. It was no problem. They apprehended him. They cuffed him. They took him in. And you would think a guy like this that was so accustomed to speaking out, yelling and screaming. I've seen some of the videos that he's done and they're incoherent and they're, he's obviously heated up and it's just ridiculous. But as soon as the police got up to him, they said uh, they started asking questions and he said, I want a lawyer, which means he's not going to say anything more until the lawyer is there. And then after that, he still may not say anything. We'll find out what's going on with this situation, because as I said, this man is not exactly bright. Uh, He did everything he could to get caught. He did the shooting in the subway. (laughs) He set off the smoke canister so they couldn't see him, but what he failed to understand was that he couldn't see the intended victims. And because of that, fortunately, nobody was seriously injured and nobody was killed. Now, here's an interesting note. Frank James has been arrested nine times previously. He's obviously a problem. Obviously, he's got some violent tendencies. But here's the fucked up thing. The gun he had, the Glock 9mm, he bought that legally. Are you fucking kidding me? I think he bought it in Wisconsin. That certainly wouldn't have gone in New York. He must have bought it in Wisconsin or maybe Ohio or wherever the fuck it was. But this guy has been arrested nine times previously. And he was still able to buy a Glock 9mm pistol perfectly legally. There are no gun charges here as far as ownership goes. I mean, shooting up a subway... That's a little different situation. He's going to be charged with that. And it sounds like he's going to be charged with terroristic acts, which seems pretty accurate when you do something like this. This is pretty terroristic. But now I'm sure they're going to go back to his home or his hovel, wherever the fuck he lives, and they'll find all kinds of shit. They'll find videos. They'll find other guns. They'll find other weapons. And we'll get a better idea what this guy is about. But the bottom line is, it's not about terrorism from overseas. It's not a racial thing. It's nothing like that, even though he stated it. Uh, This is just a crazy fucking guy that should not be on the streets. 
And thankfully, now that he's been arrested, he will no longer be on the streets, assuming we can trust the judicial system to do what they need to do and take him off the streets. The one thing he does have going for him is that nobody was killed, so that's good. But still, he is a danger to society. He obviously has some anger issues. There was some talk of PTSD or something like that. You know, whatever the excuse is. Um, Not saying that PTSD isn't a thing. It is. But it's an easy thing for people to claim when they do stupid shit. So that has to be checked out and verified. But even if it is true, he he still should be fucking punished. This has to be a scary situation. And living in New York, uh, you've gone through a lot of this. You have 9-11. You have all the other situations uh, where danger was involved. People were killed. You had the uh, hurricane. You had all kinds of stuff in New York. And I will give the citizens of New York some props here. They are a resilient crew. I mean, they've gone through many things. And they always come out the other end looking good. I mean, New York, New York City, great places to go. And they've gone through a lot. This is a pretty minor thing by comparison to the things they've gone through. So I know they'll have no problem at all pushing through this one. But this is a scary situation. Some guy who has nine felonies behind him can go out and buy a gun legally, bring it to New York, step on a subway, and start shooting people. All because he's upset and angry about uh, racism. But he's also upset about people of color. And he's upset about uh, the mental health care system. I can understand being mad about all those things. You can be mad about anything you want. But going out and shooting random people is not a good resolution to those problems. And apparently this guy doesn't have the ability to distinguish that from normal behavior. So he is a problem. And you know, part of this can be going back to, and we've talked about this before, back to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan is the one that cut the funding to mental health care. So a lot of these people that would normally be under care or in institutions if they were a danger to somebody else, we're just let free. We're tired of paying the money. We don't have the money to pay that. We're doing the trickle-down thing and giving money to the rich, and they'll help out the poor people. But we can't pay for mental health care, mental well-being. So people like this end up on the streets, and they create a bunch of homelessness, and they create a bunch of crime on the streets. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Thanks, Republicans, for continuing to follow that lead. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, there's been times that Democrats have been in power. They could have done something about it, too. People are being affected by crime and the homelessness because of that one decision back in the 80s. And all these years later, 42 years later from 1980, no one, and I'm talking Republican and Democrat, no one has seen their way to fix that fucking situation. It was a bad choice. It caused immense problems in our country. But nobody, 
Nobody has done anything to fix that. Now, this isn't probably a big enough deal to get everybody talking about it, but it's something we need to look at. Once we get through the problems we currently have, whoever is in power, we need to put the pressure on them because this is something that needs to be addressed. There are people that have uh, mental health issues that need to be dealt with on whatever level it is. They are deserving of help. And we should, as a country that's not a third world country, give them their help. Help them and help the communities and the cities and the citizens from being affected by the behavior of somebody who may not be in their right mind. And clearly Frank James was not in his fucking right mind. He is a problem. But he's in jail now, so hopefully that'll make people rest easier in New York. Now, on March 24th, we're going to be talking about Russia here. On March 24th, the U.S. Treasury announced sanctions against 328 members of the 450-member Russian State Duma. I don't know what that means. The lower level of the two-tiered Russian parliament. And the whole point of that was uh, sanctioning them was to put some pressure on the government to hopefully have them put some pressure or get rid of Vladimir Putin. Well, (laughs) Vladimir Putin is an arrogant, sociopathic, petty motherfucker like someone else we know, Donald Trump. So not to be outdone, Russia said Wednesday that it, it that it would impose sanctions on 398 members of the U.S. Congress in retaliation for U.S. sanctions on their own government. Now, these sanctions include the leadership and committee chairman of the lower house of the U.S. Congress. So they're not sanctioning the Senate, just the House of Representatives. <laughs> Now, what do these sanctions mean to our members of Congress? Well, it doesn't really mean much unless they have financial investments or plan to visit Russia. Beyond that, it has zero effect. Now, if either of these things apply to any sitting members of Congress, they have investments in Russia or they plan to visit Russia, well, then they fucking deserve what they get. At this point in time, we should not be dealing with Russia. There should be no investments by Americans, let alone members of fucking Congress. But you see what, what, what Vladimir Putin's doing here. It's all about perception with him. It's, it's about how things look. He thinks, well, we're going to sanction the Congress of the United States of America. He thinks people in this country are going to say, oh, my God, see Vladimir Putin strong. He did exactly to us what we did to him. Oh, my God, whatever will we do? Well, it doesn't mean shit. It's just about perception with him. Now, if we happen to see some Republican politicians a little more grumpy than usual, well, we might be tipped off there that they do have investments in Russia or they're planning to visit Russia and then fuck them. Let's get them out of office because they should not be consorting with Russia. War criminals, buddies and close friends to Donald Trump. If you are in a friendship or a or a 
business situation with Russia. You're in the wrong right now. This is not going to be a good look for you once it gets out. So if there is anybody that has connections or investments in Russia, I'm guessing we're not going to hear about it. But they might be a little grumpy when you lose a couple hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars because you're fucking stupid. Well, they deserve it. Bottom line is that this is all about show. And this is really what we saw with Donald Trump, too. Donald Trump was a lazy motherfucker. He loved to give the impression that he was doing something, but he didn't really want to do the work. I talked about this yesterday, I think, um, with the COVID vaccinations. He's all proud. Well, I got the vaccinations done. I got it all set up. But once it was done, it wasn't being distributed. You know, a couple million people had gotten the vaccination. Nothing was being done about it. See, Donald Trump just said, I made the vaccination, so I'm a hero. But he wouldn't dig in and do the fucking work. He didn't try to get it distributed. He thought just the appearance was important. And we know how appearance is important to Donald Trump because you remember when he's talking to um, either Georgia or Zelensky in Ukraine, um, he basically told these people, well, I don't care if there's actually any evidence of Joe Biden doing something wrong. Just start the investigation and I'll take it from there. And that's what he does. He takes little bits of clickbait and then he expands on it. He lies about it. Well, this is exactly what Vladimir Putin is doing. Vladimir Putin is just a little bit smarter than Donald Trump, but essentially at the heart They're the same people. They're narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liars. It's all about how they look. This is why Russia is not pulling out of Ukraine. They should. This is crushing their country and killing their troops by the thousands. They're losing uh, military equipment by the tons and the billions of dollars. At some point, Vladimir Putin should say, oh, this isn't a good idea. This isn't working out like I expected. I thought this would take three days. But instead, he pushes on because he can't admit that he's failed. And when he can't admit he's failed, all he has to do is go all in, double down, triple down, quadruple down. And that is always the ultimate failing of every narcissist. They don't know when to give up. They don't know when to back off. And when they finally meet somebody who's tougher than they are, they fucking lose. And they crash hard. And they try to fight through it, but it doesn't work. So ultimately, they run away. That's why I think that at some point with Vladimir Putin, if he doesn't get dragged out of office... If he doesn't get killed while he's in office, and those are two distinct possibilities, you might see him just disappear or do what Donald Trump is doing. You hear what Donald Trump is doing? He's saying, you know, I may not be able to run in 2024 because of my health. Well, how do you know what your health is going to be two years from now? He's just setting the seeds out. Because he's not going to run in 2024. He's not going to have the option. See, what's going to happen is the government or the legal system is going to say you can't run for president. Legally, you can't run for president. Or the Republican Party saying, yeah, nah, we don't need you this time, Donnie. 
we're not going to make you the candidate. So instead of accepting <laughs> accepting that failure, you'll say, well, okay, I, I didn't want to do it anyway. I'm not feeling too good, so I'm not going to run for the presidency. And this is the very same thing that Vladimir Putin is doing. He can't admit to defeat. They can't admit to failure. So what they do then is uh, make up shit. They make up shit. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um in the UN, you have the Humanitarian Council, a subset of the UN. And of course, uh, the UN just recently said, uh, <laughs> we're kicking Russia out, which makes sense because uh, the last group of people that should be in the Humanitarian Council uh, is the people that are killing innocent women and children, raping and torturing them. How in the world could they have ever been in, in the first place? So UN gets some guts and finally says, yeah, you're kicked out. But what does Vladimir Putin in Russia say? They try to rush in there before too many people know about it and say, yeah, we're, uh, we're resigning from the Humanitarian Council. <laughs> Basically, you can't fire me. I quit. See, it's all about perception, how people look at them. That is the ultimate thing that is important. People always talk to me, well, well, when will Donald Trump be in jail? I don't think he's going to be in jail at any point because he's a former president and that causes all kinds of problems. But the thing is, jail may not be the worst thing that Donald Trump will have to suffer. For somebody like Donald Trump, a narcissist, sociopathic, pathological piece of shit, the thing that scares them the most, the thing that they have the most trouble with, is being embarrassed because deep down they're insecure. So when he's finally exposed and there's no way out, there's no way to bullshit his way through, and he's destroyed his reputation, the perception people have of him, his money's gone, his power's gone, he's basically a nothing. That will be the worst punishment Donald Trump could ever receive. And the same could be said for Vladimir Putin. Now, I don't know if he'll end up that way because apparently he's got money buried all over the world. And if he can still get to it, he'll be fine financially. He'll be embarrassed professionally and politically, which will be hard on him, too. But you see what it is when you have these kinds of people. It's all about me. It's all about how people perceive me, and it's important that I tell people I'm a tough guy, I'm a smart guy, I'm the best with words, I can do anything, I'm the greatest negotiator in the history of negotiations. That's what they do, because it's all about perception. They're like paper tigers. As long as you think they're great and they can make you believe it, it doesn't matter if they truly are or if they're strong or if they're powerful. They play on the perception thing, and they use that perception to bully people. And if people are dumb enough to realize or, or believe that bullshit, then it's all cool. It's when people realize that it's all fake, it's all bullshit, and they push back. That's when these people have a problem. The best way to deal with Vladimir Putin right now would be to step up and kick his ass, because that is really the only way to stop a bully. The unfortunate situation is he's got all these nukes he's going to hold over people's heads, and people are afraid that he'd be crazy enough to shoot them off. So we're in kind of a catch-22 situation here.
We're getting closer to where we're going to need to do something. And as I said yesterday, I don't know what that is. But I hope smarter people in our government have a good idea, have a plan to do something that's going to shut this motherfucker down. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. All right, this story kind of relates to what I was talking about in the first half about uh, Vladimir Putin and Russians and Donald Trump worried about perception more than truth or what's right. Early on Wednesday, Ukrainian armed forces claimed that they struck the Russian Navy flagship Moskva, which I think in Russian means Moscow, with missiles. They hit it with two missiles, and it started burning, and um, I don't know if people were evacuated or how many people died, but it was a serious attack by Ukraine on Russia's biggest ship. Well, now, Russia acknowledged that the ship had to be evacuated because of an accidental ammunition explosive other than Ukrainian missile strike. They did not want to own up to the fact that Ukraine missile this, uh, this, this huge ship. It's all about perception, remember? CNN reporter Fred Pleitgen said, This is a huge blow to the Russian Navy, not to mention a little embarrassing. Here's a Russian Navy flagship. It was taken out by a country that currently doesn't even have a navy in this conflict. Not surprising, Russia is trying to cover it up because it's all about perception. They went into this war acting like they were all powerful, that they were going to win this thing in three days. Well, we're now at 50 days, and they haven't, they've caused a lot of destruction. They killed a lot of people uh, we were talking about Maripol the other day, and I was saying that at that point they counted uh, 10,000 civilians dead. Well, now that count is up to around 22,000. That is absolutely horrific, and that is something that we need to expose. People need to understand the level of devastation and death that Russia is inflicting on Ukraine. And that's just one city, Maripol, and... Um, there, there are people that are dead in the streets. There are people that have been tortured. There are people that have been run out of their own city. And, and so that needs to be known. It needs to be publicized. But what also needs to be publicized, because we know it's going to kick Vladimir Putin's ass, is that the Ukrainian Navy that doesn't exist, <laughs> this was guys sitting on the shore with missile launchers, took out Russia's flagship, their biggest, most powerful, most expensive ship. Now, there are about 500 people on that ship. At last report, it was burning. No doubt it's probably going to sink. And, of course, Russia says, well, we just had an accidental explosion. <laughs> yeah, that sounds convenient. And we had to evacuate all 500 troops. Question is, did they? If Ukraine actually hit it with two missiles and exploded it and caught it on fire, are there even 500 troops left on that on that boat? See, that's the thing. They want to tell you that it was an accident. We just evacuated everybody. No big deal. 
Yes, we lost our flagship. That kind of sucks. But if it's found out and it's proven that Ukraine is the one that sunk it and those 500 evacuees weren't evacuated, they were in fact killed in the missile blasts, well, that's going to hurt Russia considerably. Russia has lost a crazy amount of military hardware in this war with Ukraine. This has to be pretty disconcerting for a country that thought they'd sweep into Ukraine and wrap it up in a few days. They keep getting their ass kicked. This is why Vladimir Putin is so angry and frustrated. He was misinformed by his advisors going into this thing. And uh, every time he turns around, he's suffering huge losses in troops and military equipment. The amount of equipment and weapons and and tanks and planes and helicopters that, that he's lost is immeasurable. I mean, Russia is a powerful country because they have nuclear weapons, but clearly their military, their army, isn't very strong. And I, you got to question the Navy, too. If some guys on the shore with missile launchers take out Russian Navy's flagship, uh, what the fuck? How does that happen? That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty embarrassing. Now, we've got another story here, and I hate these stories. They're very sad and disturbing stories, but unfortunately, these days, they're becoming cliche. And I don't, I don't mean that as it's not a big deal. I mean, it's happening too often, and we seem to always be talking about this. White cop shoots and kills a young black man. Along with this being disturbing, again, it's kind of cliche. Police in Grand Rapids, Michigan, released a video on Wednesday showing a police officer fatally shooting a black man earlier in the month. Now, the, the, the man that was killed, his name is Patrick uh, Lioya. He's 26 years old, was a father of two, was shot and killed by a police officer on April 4th. Police have not said why they stopped Lioya, but said the license on the vehicle was not registered to that vehicle. So what that means is they're saying, and we don't know if this is true because, <laughs> you know, we, we, we know that cops will lie in order to cover their ass. But in this case, what they're suggesting is there was a plate on this car that wasn't assigned to this car, as if they went to another car, took the plate off, and put it on this car for whatever reason, to mask it or, or whatever. So that's what they're saying was happened. But I can't imagine they would have stopped him for that because they would have had to run the plates before they stopped him to know that. And the fact of the matter is, cops aren't supposed to do that. You don't just run random plates to see if somebody's being naughty. I had this experience one time when I was doing the traffic reports. I took a, a ride along with a state trooper. <laughs> now, I got along with this guy, but he was a crazy motherfucker. He was really wrapped up in testosterone about this thing. And we'd be driving down the road as I'm doing this ride along. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he'd be seeing cars that were beat up or in bad condition. And he'd be punching it on the computer as we're driving. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just checking plates. Um, 
I said, what do you mean checking plates? Well, I'm seeing cars that look like may have uh, had some violations. I go, did you see, did they do something that was a violation? No, but they look like they could be, and they're punching in uh, these these, uh, license plate numbers and hoping to find some kind of warrant or something on them. Now, while that seems to be efficient, it's highly illegal to do that. And I said that. I said, isn't that illegal? And he looked at me, kind of smiled. He says, well, yeah, kind of, but... Let's get these people off the roads. I go, oh, fuck it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to argue with a state trooper while we're in the car. Then we get a call. Somebody else is actually going to the call, but he's going there to back them up. And it wasn't a big deal. It was a crash or something on the freeway. Next thing I know, we are on the shoulder. Now, keep in mind, this is in the middle of, of a rush hour. Traffic on the freeway is literally stopped. He gets over to the shoulder. He's got to go down several exits, come back on the opposite direction. And he's going down this shoulder during the peak period at like 100 miles an hour. I go, what the fuck are you doing? I said, dude, slow down. You're not even the one that needs to go there. He goes, we got to get there. (laughs) He was a little too enthusiastic, I thought. And then the last part of it, he says to me, okay, I'm going to go out and talk to this guy. I said, okay. He said, um, <laughs> he, he said uh, now, if I go out there and I'm getting my ass kicked, I expect you to do two things. And uh, I said, what's that? He said, this button here, this emergency button, hit it. I said, okay, I can do that. He goes, but that's not it. Oh, what else do you want me to do? He said, well, get out and help me, motherfucker. I'm going to need, if I'm fighting this guy, I'm going to need some help. I said, you want me to get out and help you fight a criminal on the shoulder, and I'm just a traffic reporter. He said, fuck yeah, you're going to help. I said, do I get a gun? And he looked at me like, please. (laughs) I was half joking. I didn't want a gun. Fortunately, I didn't have to get out and save him from getting his ass beat. But, that you know, this is the kind of thing we're dealing with police officers. Now, the important thing is uh, that Lyoya, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, he was not in possession of any weapon. Now, in the video, uh, this gentleman is seen at various points struggling with the officer, attempting to run away, and at one point tried to block a taser. The cop pulled a taser, he had his hand on it, and he was trying to block it. The officer was holding the taser, trying to stop him from deploying it. We don't know if he did deploy it, and if he did deploy it, did it hit Patrick Lyoya. Now, the scuffle continued. The video shows, ultimately, Lyoya face down on the ground with the police officer on top. Now, the police officer, while he's on the top of Patrick Lyoya, he pulls his gun and he shoots this gentleman in the back of the head. That, uh, that is a disturbing thing to see. And apparently, like, there's three or four videos of this whole thing. And this happened, uh, what, two weeks ago? 
And now we're finally seeing it. I don't know what got them to release the video. Maybe it was because somebody on the sidelines, a civilian had a video and said, if you don't release it, I'm going to fucking release it. So they had to somehow take the edge off of it by releasing it themselves. But here's the thing. Now, Trump the Fox will say, will step up and say, well, this guy was a bad guy. He deserved it. He should have just complied. You mean complied like Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol? Yeah, maybe she should have complied, but she's dead now, too, and she fucking deserved it. Now, this guy probably should have done a lot of things, and maybe he has a record. Maybe he's not the best guy in the world. I don't know. Maybe he's a great guy. He's got two kids. Maybe he's a great father. I don't know. But regardless of who this guy was, there is no way in any parallel universe should this have ended up with a cop shooting him in the back of the head. Just because you're a cop, you don't get to arrest, try, convict, and execute on the fucking street. That was the problem we had with George Floyd and some of the other killings in this country. I don't know what crossed this guy's mind. If this guy's on his stomach, and maybe he's fighting, but you're on top of him. And if the only thing you can do as a trained police officer is pull your gun and shoot him in the back of the head, well, I think you got a problem with your job. You're not trained properly. Something should have been a better option for you here. And you should have been trained to do that as opposed to taking the final result of taking somebody's life. Now, this video is out there, and I'm not sure what's going to happen with it. Are they just going to say, well, that was a clean shot. Let them go. Or is there going to be enough outrage where they're going to have to go to court and uh, see if he gets convicted. I know in Grand Rapids, Michigan right now, there is a lot of people protesting, a lot of people doing videos and such. Um, So we'll see what happens. But again, this is all too cliche. Seems like every couple of weeks, every three weeks, we hear of a cop shooting and killing a young black man. The shit's got to stop. We need police officers that understand their jobs are properly trained and know how to deal with the public. They are there to protect and serve, not take some guy who's unarmed, standing next to his car, wrestle him to the ground, and shoot him in the back of the head. That can't be the preferred way to handle that situation. So maybe we ought to figure out ways to stop that kind of behavior. You would think that some of these big cases, the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case, that would be enough to make people concerned to maybe think twice before you shoot instead of shooting first and then thinking afterwards. But apparently it doesn't get through the heads of these police officers. As I've said before, I think it has a lot to do with somebody who just fucking panics. They don't know what to do. They're scared. They pull the gun and they shoot. And that's well and good if it's me or you. That can happen if somebody's breaking into our house or something like that. Maybe we panic and maybe we shoot. But a cop should never be in that situation. A cop shouldn't panic and a cop shouldn't shoot recklessly because they're afraid. If you're a cop and you get afraid in those positions, you shouldn't be a fucking cop. It's very simple.
All right, let's move on to the next story. Joe Biden has approved additional military aid to Ukraine worth $800 million, equipping the country with helicopters and howitzer artillery, which will be much needed in preparation for this second wave of Russia as they attack eastern Ukraine. Now, we know that's coming. It's already started to a certain extent. But Russia has given up on trying to take the whole country, at least for now. They're going to focus on the smaller area because they think they can handle that. And they got to get some kind of win. So if they can take this small piece, then Vladimir Putin can walk away and said, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I won. Now, there have been people suggesting that Joe Biden and the NATO countries have done nothing to help Ukraine. And this, of course, is a bunch of bullshit. The United States and the NATO countries have supplied Ukraine with more than $3.5 to $4 billion in aid to Ukraine. That aid is partially responsible for Ukraine's success in their war with Russia thus far. That's how they're able to shoot their uh, Russian Navy flagship with a missile or hold off uh, troops from getting into Kiev. The aid package also includes radars, drones, armored vehicles, body armor, and ammunition. Now, prior to this package, Joe Biden approved a $100 million package for Javelin anti-tank missiles. So to suggest that Joe Biden hasn't done anything is absolutely ridiculous. What's amazing is he's been able to do what he did in spite of the fact that we have a Republican Party that does nothing but obstruct. They tell us that Joe Biden's not doing enough, but when the bill comes to uh, Congress or the Senate, they vote against it. This is all about, again, what I talked about with Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. It's all about appearances. You will vote against something and then talk shit about it like you are for it. How can anybody understand what the fuck you support? Now, the next fight in eastern Ukraine could be the bloodiest yet. Russia is focused on a smaller area, as I said, and uh, it's because they essentially lost in greater Ukraine. So they've got to come out with some kind of win. Um Vladimir Putin can't walk away from this without a win, at least in his mind. I don't know if he can win. I don't know that if he will win. But he's thinking, well, if I focus on a smaller area, I can take that over and then claim that as my win. Now, this is for his own ego and for standing with the Russian citizens. He has to look like the tough guy hero to the citizens of Russia. And with all the propaganda and the icing out of all the real information getting into Russia, there still are a lot of folks that think Vladimir Putin is the hero, that Ukraine is full of Nazis, and they attacked Russia, and Russia is just doing what they're supposed to be doing. The people of Russia don't really know exactly what's going on. At least a lot of them don't know, and that's that's part of the problem. If everybody in Russia knew what was truly going on, Vladimir Putin would already be gone. What you have to understand is Putin is desperate and feeling cornered at this point. And uh, that's problematic for somebody who's a narcissist and a sociopath. It's all about perception, as I said, how people look at them. They believe 
He's as great as he thinks he is. That's the most important thing. But when they get cornered and they're about to be exposed and they become desperate, they're cowards. So this is when they become the most dangerous. We've seen horrific things in most of Ukraine. But it could be ramped up a bit because he sees this as his one chance to come out being the winner, being a hero. And if they start to take that away from him, or it seems like he's not going to be able to accomplish that, then it's going to get crazy. Then that's maybe when we start to see uh, chemical warfare, if we haven't already. Or maybe that's when we see nuclear, limited nuclear bombs in Ukraine. It sounds crazy, but since somebody like Vladimir Putin just cannot admit to losing They will do anything. And you noticed what he's done. Every step of the way has been trying to bully Ukraine. And every time he's been called out on it, he ramped it up. And then when he's called out on that, he ramps it up again. These are motherfuckers that will burn every bridge, scorch the earth, and do whatever it is just to save their fucking ego. So with all this new weaponry coming in from America and from NATO and this fight that's concentrated in eastern Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is going to be desperate to win this. And if he doesn't, things could get uglier than they already are very quickly. We'll keep an eye out on that and see how that progresses. But that is kind of frightening. All right, I want to talk about a stupid motherfucker. I've talked about him before. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Oh, he's a special kind of dumb motherfucker. What You remember that Greg Abbott uh, made a threat that he was going to send uh, busloads of immigrants to Joe Biden's doorstep in Washington, D.C., just to prove a point. <laughs> well, he did send the first bus um, of uh, migrants, and he brought them to Washington, D.C. to, as he said, deliver the migrants to Biden's doorstep. Oh, he showed him, didn't he? Well, some somebody in the press asked Jen Psaki uh, if she still felt like this was a publicity stunt by Greg Abbott. Jen pointed out that all of the migrants on this bus were processed by CBP. So they were in the country, at least temporarily. And it was nice that the state of Texas gave them a free ride to their final destination. So yeah, it's fucking publicity. He didn't hurt these people. He didn't hurt Joe Biden. He gave them a free bus ride to Washington, D.C. Now, I don't know if they wanted to go to Washington, D.C. Once they were in the country, they didn't have to take that fucking bus. I can see what they probably did. They said, hey, look, uh, we'll get you a free ride to D.C. if anybody wants to go to D.C. And they said, sure, I'll get on that fucking bus for free. And uh, that's probably what happened. But Greg Abbott thinks he really stuck it to Joe Biden. Now, this isn't the end of Greg Abbott's stupidity. This is the same guy that purposely jammed the border with Mexico, made it difficult for trucks to get through the border from Mexico to Texas. Uh, 
We had backups for days and days. It was absolutely ridiculous. And these are all commercial trucks trying to come in, bringing products to merchants in Texas and throughout the country. They had truckloads of produce spoiling in the lineup. They had uh, products not getting to American uh, companies who needed that to create income and sell products so they can keep their companies going. He screwed up all these people, American people, not Mexican people. He screwed up all these American people just to make a point. <laughs> but the only person he heard was Texas and, 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 and the merchants and the business owners of this country. His own uh, economic sep- secretary in uh, Texas said, dude, you can't do this. This is, this is fucked up. You can't do that. And for the longest time, for at least a few days, he said, nope, we're doing it because I'm the smartest motherfucker in the room. Well, shortly thereafter, he was convinced that he's not the smartest motherfucker in the room. The fact is, he's probably the dumbest motherfucker in the room because he had to walk that back. There's still a line up there, but what was taking uh, like 40 minutes, an hour for truck to investigate it and, and, and to look for things and, and paperwork and all that stuff. Well, they cut it back down to each truck takes about five minutes across the border, and they're going to be able to bring their stuff to the merchants and the businesses in America. <laughs> Mr. Tough Guy was going to show Joe Biden that he's going to be tough on the border. <laughs> And what's he do? He fucks up his own state. He fucks up his own country. He fucks up the American people. And was that for publicity? Fucking bet your ass it was for publicity. That's all he knows. But the thing is, he, he, he shoots himself in the foot every time he does that. Because while he may think he's making some point, he's hurting the people in his own state and he's hurting the people in this country. And this fucker wants to run for governor again? He's running against uh, Beto O'Rourke for governor. And I've seen the polls. They're very close, like 42 to 40 either way. And for the life of me, I cannot understand. How can anybody vote for Greg Abbott? He's not only an embarrassment, but he's, he's a racist. He's a misogynist. He has problems with LGBTQ people. He's trying to take away constitutional rights from women with this anti-abortion bullshit. He's trying to suppress votes. I mean, how many old white people can there be in Texas to vote this motherfucker in? I don't get it. We'll see how it all shakes out. I don't really trust polls all that much. But you folks in Texas, you need to get rid of this motherfucker because he's going to take you down before he takes Joe Biden down. I guarantee you. All right. We're wrapping up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me. If you have questions or comments or complaints, by all means, just send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. If you got one for Ed, you can send it to me there, too. Maybe we'll get him an email that you can send to if you really want to. But if you've got one for Ed, send it to rationalboomer at gmail.com, and and, uh, we'll get him to answer it. Um, Or if you'd like to leave a voicemail, just go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, search it, and then you'll be able to leave a voicemail. I hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. 
Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.